Hello, everyone, and welcome to another breaking episode of Devil's Talking Potters. I'm Dominic Stern, joined by Bobby Murphy, as always. Today, we will be discussing the breaking news trade that went down this afternoon during the Potters Inner Squad game. Of course, I was at the game. I had to wait till I got home in order to record this. Such is my luck, but that happens. So the trade that went down today was first reported by Jeff Passan of ESPN. The Potters acquired left-handed relief pitcher Tim Hill in exchange for outfielder French Cordero and right-handed pitcher Ronald Bolaños. So first, we're going to talk about Tim Hill and the player that he is and why we acquired him. So, Bobby, what did you think about this acquisition of Tim Hill? I would have loved to keep Frenchy Cordero. I love him as an outfielder. Obviously, he hasn't produced for us as much as we would have hoped, but he's a great guy to have off the bench, a good lefty bench when you need power hitting late in the game. So I'm going to miss him. I would have loved to see him possibly even starting right this year. I don't know too much about Tim Hill other than, I mean, I know he's a 30-year-old pitcher while Cordero is only 25. So I don't like the deal as much as some people do, but I know that he's a lefty pitcher. He's a great guy to have out of the bullpen, and you can never have enough bullpen depth, though. Right. This is definitely a bullpen depth piece the Potters can definitely use, especially with Jose Castillo suffering a lat strain. Seems like he's going to be missing some time. That leaves two lefties out of the bullpen being Matt Strom and Drew Pomeranz. Drew Pomeranz didn't look very good in the Potters' inner squad scrimmage today. Tim Hill could definitely be that third left-handed pitcher with Castillo no longer being on the team for a little bit. Who knows? We'll still see how long he's gone. Tim Hill looks like a very solid left-handed bullpen guy. Definitely seems like a pitcher who would be used better in a situation where you don't have to face three batters as he's really good against left-handed batters, not as good against right-handed batters. You know, most left-handed relief pitchers are like that. But in 2019, 46 games, 39.2 innings. So he's he's not just a guy that comes in and gets one out, although that's what you'd rather have him do. 39 strikeouts, so he's right around one strikeout an inning. That's normally pretty good. 3.63 ERA, one save, and a 1.109 whip. So he's he's a solid pitcher. He's not young. He He's already 30 years old. He just finished his second year, so he's a late bloomer. We'll see how that ends up impacting his future. But with that, he's not a free agent until 2025. He actually he attended Palomar College up in San Marcos, really good JUCO college here in the San Diego area. So he's definitely familiar with San Diego. That could have been a factor in general manager A.J. Preller trading for him. You know, I will get into what we give away in a little bit, but as this Devil's Talking Padres, Bobby and I are both sports journalism majors at Arizona State University in the Walter Cronkite School of Journalism. My roommate was also a sports journalism major. His name's Ryan Blank. He is from Kansas City, and he's a very big Kansas City Royals fan. He's done some covering for them as well for local publications there. And I figured it would be a good idea to get his input on what Tim Hill can bring to the Potters and what he thinks of Tim Hill. So here is what he had to say about Tim Hill. We now welcome Ryan Blank, my college roommate, another sports journalism major at the Walter Cronkite School of Journalism and Mass Communications. Ryan, why don't you tell our viewers, since none of them probably know you, uh, a little bit about yourself and how long you've been watching Royals baseball for. Yeah, Dom, thank you for having me. I'm Ryan. I am from Overland Park, Kansas. I'm a diehard Royals fan probably since my I've been a Royals fan my entire life. I really started watching baseball the most probably when I was five, you know. That's when I first really got into it, going to Royals games, watching them. 
the most. So I know a lot about the team. I follow the team religiously, and it's just a team that has had a lot of struggles. But yet, when you've had those couple years of success, it just makes you want to stay with them no matter what. So I love the Royals, and it hurts to whenever you see a guy get traded or a guy leaving free agency who has been with the team for a few years and has really grown with them. It it sucks, but, you know, it's part of the game. Part of every sport is the fact that it's a business. Right. Hopefully some of the former Royals can now bring success to the Padres, and one of those being left-handed relief pitcher Tim Hill. Wanted to get your input on Tim Hill, and what do you think he can bring to the San Diego Padres in 2020 in the future? The greatest thing about Tim Hill is that he is a left-handed, left-handed sideline pitcher. I love watching Tim Hill, not just for his passion for the game, just his technique. It is ridiculous to see him pitch. In 2018, that was really his, it was his first season, and he struggled a little bit. I believe he went one and four and had a over 4.5 ERA, you know, struggled Correct. a little bit. But last year, he pitched a lot better. He was arguably the best arm. In the Royals bullpen, he won a couple games. His ERA jumped down significantly, down to 3-6. Gave up less hits, less runs. He did a lot better last year. The thing that really upsets me, losing Tim Hill, is that the Royals don't have the greatest bullpen. That's what's been the Achilles heel of the Royals, is that their pitching staff has been weak. Last year, it was a story of the Royals could score five, six runs a game, but they give up seven or eight and lose. So, you know, those type of things suck, but Tim Hill is going to bring a great left-handed arm to the Padres' bullpen. This is not the first time the Royals have shipped a left-handed arm to the Padres as they have Matt Strom, but Tim Hill, he is just growing and growing and growing. The one thing to worry about him, especially with the pandemic going on, is that he is a cancer survivor, and I can't remember what the exact uh, syndrome is, but he suffers from some type of syndrome, and I don't remember exactly what it is. So the health is a little bit scary, but he's done great with precautions. He never thought about opting out. So Tim Hill is a guy who's dedicated to the sport. He wants to be out there on the field. He's a great guy to have in the clubhouse. One of my friends is a is a ball boy and a bat boy for the Royals, and he said Tim Hill is a great guy in the clubhouse, great guy overall. But Tim Hill's really going to be missed as that top arm in the bullpen. But for as what the Royals got, I'm very happy. Because getting Cordero, he kind of reminds me a little bit of Jorge Soler. Has great power, but he's better in the field than Soler. Uh, He brings the ability to play all three positions. While Soler can only play uh, left field and right field, mainly right. But he brings the ability to play all three positions. And brings power. That's something that the Royals have. Power really and speed. Besides Solaire is power hitting. So it's nice to see that. Uh, for B- Bolaños, I really like him. I think it's impressive. He's only 23 years old. And last year, he really went from high A ball to the major leagues. That's really impressive. He's a hard thrower. He's a guy that could pro- progress into a starting role, especially as the Royals do have a question mark 
and have had a question mark at that fifth starter spot the past couple of years, and you don't know what could happen with that in the next couple of years. Or he could be a guy who just comes out bullpen and throws hard, which is something that made Kelvin Herrera such a success with the Royals. So I'm excited for the return. But as for Tim Hill, he's going to be a great arm for the Padres, especially as they are pretty much a prime team that can get to the playoffs, especially with a 60-game season. Uh, I can't remember which left-hand pitcher went down, I believe, for the Padres. But I believe Jose Tim Castillo. Hill. Yeah, Castillo. Yeah, he comes in and he's going to replace him. Hill, last year, stats would have been better. He just had a few rough outings at the beginning of the year that plagued him a little bit. But watching Tim Hill over the course of the season, he only got better and better. He really was a guy that the bullpen leaned on. Whenever the Royals were in a tough situation, they went to Tim Hill. He was that guy that they really relied on in the middle innings. And you saw that he could be a dependable piece in a bullpen. So I am I really think that the Padres got a solid pitcher in this one. And the Royals just keep adding to the youth that they have in the young core that is really developing. I wouldn't be surprised if you guys end up winners of this trade, although this trade does help the Padres for 2020. Thank you, Ryan, for joining us. Good luck to your Royals this year. You guys got an outside chance to make the playoffs, but, you know, I'd give you a 5 to 10% chance at maybe sneaking in with that weak central division. Yeah, outside chance. I don't think it'll happen, but you never know with the the 60-game season. It's going to be something new and different, and I'm excited to see what comes out of it. Right. Thank you. Now back to our conversation with Bobby and Dominic. Before we head back to the conversation I had with Bobby discussing what the Padres sent back to Kansas City, I just wanted to clear up what Ryan said. Tim Hill was diagnosed with colon cancer during spring training of 2015, so that was the cancer that Ryan was discussing. And he mostly got this because he suffers from Lynch syndrome, which is a genetic condition that is associated with high risk of colon cancer, which would explain how he got colon cancer. And his dad also suffered from colon cancer, so this was a this is a family issue from him. He went through eight months of chemotherapy. I've been feeling better lately, so we hope that uh, Tim Hill can definitely stay healthy during this pandemic and that he can definitely contribute to the Potters. Now back to the conversation with Bobby and I. All right. Thank you, Ryan, for your input on Tim Hill. Bobby, let's talk about what we gave away. You kind of already hinted at it. Outfielder French Cordero and right-handed pitcher Ronald Bolaños. What do you think about the return that Kansas City's going to be getting? So French Cordero, he he's a young, pretty solid outfielder. He's not great, not the best defender, but the biggest issue with him is his injury history. He's only played, I believe, 79 games in, since 2017 in the last three seasons. So he always has trouble staying on the field. He only played nine games for us last year, and I think that was probably the biggest factor in us trading him just because he can never stay on the field. It's always nice to have a lefty bat. And as you said, for the Padres, getting another lefty pitcher in Tim Hill out of the bullpen. But it's always nice to have a lefty bat. But with his injury history, I understood why we traded him away. We still have Josh Naylor as a lefty hitter, either off the bench or starting in right. But I think that the injury history will be the biggest issue for him if he gets a lot get some good playing time in Kansas City. Right. French Cordero, young guy. I think the main factor of him getting traded out is that he kind of really lost his spot. I thought last year was really his year to make his presence felt on the San Diego Padres, and he played decently well in his short 
tenure in 2019. He only had 15 at bats, but he hit 333, 850 OPS. You know, I mean, once you don't have a lot of at bats, it just takes a couple of extra base hits. He didn't hit a home run, but he had a couple of extra base hits, and your slugging is going to be looking pretty good. But he didn't play all that much, and he didn't really have a chance to prove himself. And I think the Padres kind of came into the spring training like, hey, you got to show us something, otherwise you're not going to be a part of this team in the future. And you know who really stepped up in spring training and has stepped up in summer camp? Edward Olivares. He had another home run today in the inter-squad game right after the trade went through, but that had no impact on the trade. But I think his emergence, trust in Taylor Trammell, trust in Trent Grisham, are all factors that made Franchi on the outside looking in to be playing a lot this year. And the fact that the Potters can just get something out of him they're going to take advantage of that. He's just kind of floating around out there, very talented hitter, crazy high strikeout rate, and doesn't really stay on the field. He doesn't bring much value to the Potters anymore. But if you're a team like the Royals, they probably aren't going to make the playoffs this year. They may, they may have an outside chance, you know, playing in the Central, not really too good of a division, but they don't really have a good shot at making the playoffs. So if you can get young talent that if you can find a way to keep French Cordero healthy, which he hasn't really done, but if you can find a way – they will win this trade. Zero doubt in my mind. Franchi Cordero is that talented. He will bring a lot of talent to the outfield, which has a ton of questions in Kansas City. They have no idea who's going to play center field and right field. I'm hearing that Whit Merrifield might play center or right. Hearing Hunter Dozier might play some right this year. Obviously, they're going to have Jorge Soler, one of the best home runners in the league. He's going to be DHing. They don't want him in the field. So Franchi Cordero might be able to find a way to slip in at right field, find some playing time out there. Their outfield is definitely a little more open than the Potters outfield is. So I can definitely see why the Royals wanted him because this dude's uber talented, especially against right-handed pitching. This dude can hit. You know, fielding is always a big question mark. So the other player they acquired, Ronald Bolaños, he briefly came up for the Padres in September. 19 innings pitched, 19 strikeouts, 1.475 whip, a 5.95 ERA. You know, those aren't great numbers. Small sample size, it's really tough to judge from that. In the minors, he was pretty solid. Double A last year, 4.58 ERA, not very pitcher friendly. And in single A, 4.02 ERA, uh, it's very evenly matched there. So decent minor league stats, especially when you look at his whips, 1.11 in Lake Elsinore, 1.31 in double A. What do you think about the Royals getting Ron Bolaños from the Padres? Bolognese is still a very young pitcher. He's only 23, and he did, as you said, he did have a small sample size with the Padres in 2019 last season. He was, he was, as I said, a very young pitcher last year. He was 22 last season, only pitched five games, and had almost a 60 ERA. The thing that's hard to look at was his 17 hits and 13 earned runs in 19 innings. That Those aren't good numbers. It is, as you said, a small sample size, but that's not much to look off of yet, but it's not something you love to see. I mean, it's another one of those arms that the Padres just don't have room for. It's on the 40-man roster, played a bit last year for the Padres, doesn't really have a way to get onto the Padres roster. With no minor league season, there's no really way for him to develop other than playing in the major leagues. And if the Padres are going to try and make a playoff push, I don't think they really want Ronald Bolaños out on the mound. But if you're a team like the Royals, where pitching staff you're extremely weak on, and you can get a young arm like Ron Bolaños, you take that. Because Bolaños could be a part of the rotation or their bullpen for the next couple of years. 
Can't say the same if he was a Padre. Talent-wise, he's probably a better pitcher than Tim Hill moving forward. But if you're the Padres, it makes sense to get rid of Bolaños and get rid of Cordero in order to acquire someone who can help you in the 60-game season. This trade is really a toss-up on whether or not the Potters will receive any value out of it. Tim Hill, 30-year-old reliever, and you're trading a 25-year-old slugging left-handed bat in the outfield, which the Potters have never really had a good bat out there for a little bit. And then Ronald Bolaños, a young, talented arm, one of the Potters' top prospects. Potters giving up a lot of talent for a 30-year-old relief pitcher. I hope that A.J. Preller has done a good job evaluating what he's gaining in Tim Hill. I, I'm just very concerned that the Padres might have given up a, a bit too much talent for Tim Hill. Yeah, I totally agree. And the thing I don't like really is that, that he is 30. He he isn't a free agent until 2025, and by then he'll be 35. As you said er, earlier, he's entering only his third season at age 30. He has his best years to come, hopefully. But one thing I wanted to note on, as we mentioned Earlier, small sample size isn't a huge thing to look at, but in spring training this year, Tim Hill was just absolutely horrendous. He only had 3.2 innings pitched, but he had 10 earned runs, 9 hits, and just didn't look great. So I'm really hoping that he can turn it around once he comes to us. Right. The spring training stats are very concerning, but a lot of people don't read a lot into spring training. If you do bad, these guys are competing They're all taking the game seriously, so I don't see why people don't read into spring training games that much. But I I hope the Padres end up winning this trade. I hope Tim Hill ends up performing like he did in the regular season back in 2019, especially against left-handed batters. But I'm, I'm a little concerned about this trade, especially less concerned about the Jorge Mateo trade, the Tommy Pham trade, and the Trent Grisham trade. So that's going to wrap up this episode of Devils Talking Padres. We thank you for tuning in. I think Bobby and I want to get out one more podcast episode discussing uh, Jace Tingler before the Padres start the season. So be on the looks for that. We thank you for tuning in, and we'll catch you guys next time. One last note for me before you head out. Don't forget to follow me, Bobby, and East Village Times on Twitter, as this is an East Village Times podcast. Follow me on Twitter at DMStern19. Follow Bobby on Twitter at at BobbyMurphy2000 and East Village Times at EVT underscore news on Twitter. If you would like to read the article that we posted about this trade, you can find that at eastvillagetimes.com. It was written by Jason Frund. You could also find that on my Twitter page. I retweeted the article link. Make sure to follow us to see all the content that we produced. Season coming around in just under a week. Can expect a lot more content from us. We thank you for your support. Now we will be signing off.